Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And we are back, and it is, believe it or not, September 1st. Yes, happy September. Yes, and if you were hearing a slight echo in the background, we apologize. We are standing in a room that does not have any sort of uh, you know sound insulation in it, so it is going to be a little echoey, but forgive us, it'll be worth listening because we are going to hopefully finish off the points that we started a few days ago talking specifically about, well, we won't be finishing them off. Julie just showed me how many more points we have to go through, but we are going to be drilling down on more points today with regards to if you're an introvert and you want to learn how to be uh, essentially win at the highest levels despite your natural tendencies, this is the podcast for you. And do go back to listen to the series. Did we start this on Friday or Monday? I don't remember. Uh, we actually started it last Thursday. Did then we? we? Then you preempted nicely on Friday, on Friday yep. with some thoughts from our trip. And then we've been continuing this week. And I think today and tomorrow, and then we'll, we'll wrap and do something fun on Friday. Cool. Yep. So we are, uh, so for those of you who have been following along on our 60-day U.S. sojourn. We are in Murphy. We're going to be in Murphy, North Carolina for the next couple days. And then we are headed down to Atlanta, then headed back to our home in Puerto Rico. Um, so this has uh, been, I, I think this has been actually the perfect way to end a, well, I'm not going to say hectic, but I'll certainly say busy, busy. last 60 days. Certainly. This is day 56, by the way. Day 56. So being here in Murphy, North Carolina, I can't imagine it being any, being in a quieter, calmer place. Maybe in a cave. It's very chill, isn't it? <laughs> Yes, and the uh, rain clouds from Hurricane Ida are starting to finally lift a little bit, but that's just left everything extremely green and lots of birds hunting for uh, different bugs and the dragonflies are coming out. So yeah, it's very peaceful here. We had somebody uh, message me on my, you know, this is my real text and you guys can really text me. It's 512-758-0206. And we've had some people text us asking us what we think of uh, basically people that are really tuned into politics in essence. And asking us not so much why we don't talk about politics on this podcast because we avoid it like the plague, but what effect the politics um, that are happening right now will have on housing. And I'm going to go back and re- uh, and this is what I suggested. There's actually three people that asked the same question. Go back and uh, watch. Listen to me. Well, actually, you can watch it on YouTube or mm-hmm. listen to the podcast that we did on why there is going to be no housing crash. Because we're still staying with those points. We haven't changed our point opinions whatsoever. We don't see any reason or think of any reason why there's going to be any sort of big housing crash. Um, and so even if interest rates do go up, even if, you know, there's who knows what happens in politics, all the rest of it. The simple fact is, is that uh, you should be experiencing a buoyant housing market for some time to come. Now, there will be pockets of housing around the country that will you know, level off. There might be um, actually parts of the country that start to become uh, more distinct buyer's markets, but no time soon will you see any sort of noticeable change. And so if you've been procrastinating becoming or focusing all your best energies every day on becoming a listing agent, I'll strongly suggest that you stop waiting for the tides to turn, stop waiting for it to have some sort of you know market reversal. No, uh, there's no crash coming. There is no crash coming. And, and again, we, we really drilled down. It was funny, Julie and I came up with the uh, outline for that podcast series. We did the podcast. And then like two weeks later, a whole bunch of other housing-related news uh, outlets 
I'm going to assume that they saw our notes or listened to the podcast because they, they mirrored a lot of the points that we made. And some of them, a couple of them made the points even more salient. So mm -hmm. again, everyone is pretty much circling the wagons around the fact that all the, regardless of what's happening in the world we're, with politics and the rest of it, housing is going to be, and always, you know, it has been even after the housing crash, housing crash lasted effectively two or three years and housing came back. But what we're seeing now is going to be a continuous boom market that's going to benefit mostly sellers. Again, there's going to be opportunities even in markets where there is maybe a slight adjustment towards a balanced market or towards a buyer's market. So uh, whatever you are, if you're in taking any uh, information that's going to cause you to not want to take effort or take direction towards embracing this market, I'm about to sneeze. Um, oh. <laughs> Pre-bless you. <laughs> oh, here it comes. There you go. Bless you. Okay. Thank you. Yes. But Sorry. no, there's no, there is no in, uh, upcoming crash. We've already worked through all of those specific points. We had, a, I think, an entire week of walking you through things like why the forbearances are not going to cause a big crash. And we monitor those numbers all the time. I think we're about to be under a million and the peak of it was 5 million uh, in forbearance. So just go back and review that series of podcasts because... Um, we check that out all the time and we make sure that that is still accurate. If anything changes, we will be letting you know. But right now, yep, as you said, a little bit of price adjustments here and there. There's still such a thing as aspirational pricing. There are still expireds because that seller wanted maybe not 15% more year over year, but 25% more year over year and didn't achieve that price. There are still price adjustments and there are still expireds. But that does not spell crisis. The major housing trends that really uh, got accelerated from COVID are still in place. And no better example is actually where we are right now. Julie and I were driving around um, with the developer of this area that we live. Um, and the he had been developing this area since 2007. So he started the area actually right before the housing crash. Um, and he had these lots. A lot of the lots that were for sale were for sale when Julie and I first visited Murphy and decided to buy this cabin over a year ago, About right? About a year ago, yeah. Yeah, and when we were here, he had a lot of lots left, probably half of them. It's not a big area. I think maybe 30 lots total. Mm -hmm. Each lot, the smallest one is probably about two and a half, three acres. But a lot of them were still for sale, and now they're all sold. And um, so that's all happened during COVID. So the big macro trends that really got accelerated from COVID, people living more remotely, and that's what he said. He said a lot of the people that are, bought lots are building here with plans of living here full time. Mm -hmm. And actually it's kind of funny too. Remember we've been talking, we told you guys that we thought there were going to be two uh, technological, uh, I think, um, accelerators that were going to really take heed. And one was the advent of 5G for home. And the other was Starlink satellite, the Elon Musk uh, satellite, and all this leading to people being able to get uh, internet connection remotely. And Murphy is a perfect example. You know, when Julie and I went on a hike this morning, we went up to the top of a, it was more of a hill than it was a mountain, but, and sure enough, we could get a couple ticks, but you know, a couple bars, but as soon as we walked down on our cell phones, no more mm -hmm. connection, you know, and when you take an area like this, that's been essentially a second and third home area for, you know, who knows how many years you're going to, and then all of a sudden people are able to live here full time. You're going to see Parts of the country that have gone undeveloped for long periods of time become developed. And these macro trends are going to start picking up in, in, in speed. I mean, how many people are going to want to choose to, um, if they if they have a, uh, 
you know, a love for living in this type of environment. How many of them, when given the option, if they could, you know, live here, work here, the whole thing, how many of them will want to live in, for example, Atlanta? Sure. Probably it, not many. It's already changing. I mean, evident by, you know, you want to talk about the migration towards a more rural community. Murphy is about as rural as you can get. But it's changing. You can it's, see. That's what I'm saying. And so, you know, it's definitely happening. It has happened. And I think about, you know, much of Oregon that we drove through was beautiful, but previous to now, pretty remote. And so you're going to see a lot of different uh, building trends and housing trends, and certainly the impetus for that is still out there. So do not live in fear of some kind of imminent housing crash. And one of, the great, one of the greatest gifts that you can give to yourself really is traveling and exposing yourself to different parts of not just the region of the country you live in, um, but a completely different part of the country, maybe a different part of the world. When you start exploring how other people live in different parts of, you know, just the United States, it really does expand your, it, it expands your thinking and the possibilities of what you can do with your life and your local business. Mm -hmm. And just from a practical, tactical perspective, if you want to get really good motivation, you're going to have to look beyond just the fence for ideas on how to scale up your real estate business or, you know, for people that are able to take their business to the next level. Like when you and I were in a Kenny, Kennewick, Washington, mm -hmm. you know, Lance and Karen Kenmore, who we've coached for, I don't know, 15 years or something. They have built a beautiful building, and if you're like in anywhere, in, and that's kind not a really rural area, but it's right next to a rural area. Sure, semi. Yeah. But if you go, there's no way if you're wanting to build a big, real, successful real estate business, and you walk into Lance and Karen's uh, building that they built and see their team and see how beautiful it is, what they've created, there's no way that's not going to inspire and motivate you. Definitely inspirational space. Probably the the best executed commercial real estate building we've seen. Yeah. Now the question will be the question will be other than them having and I asked this question other than mm -hmm. them uh, having their team there and their staff there, sure. do customers ever come there? And the answer was no. Now who knows if it'll change after COVID, yeah. but the reality of it is, is that, uh, you, again, get out of your own backyard for inspiration. And sometimes if you're living in Manhattan, your inspiration might come from, uh, going to a place like Murphy, sure. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. where you have to look to see people most days cause they're not everywhere. Like they are in Manhattan. <laughs> I know. I think we've seen one car go by. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I know people are out there. All right, so we're going to go back to our series about uh, the introvert's guide to being a real estate rock star. And I was just thinking this morning that I forgot to share one of these secrets from yesterday. And that's that if you are a bit more introverted, sometimes you're gonna be a lot better in person than you are on the phone. Now, one of our points was to not just get good, but to get great on the phone. That's still true, but realize too, if you're doing a price reduction or you're negotiating something and you know you're more comfortable in person, there's nothing wrong with that. Being in person is great. Maybe for some of you that still means Zoom calls, but that's okay. And also, I know that a lot of our listeners have English as their second, third, or fourth language. And haven't you noticed that with some of uh, those types of listeners, they do do a lot better in person because they can speak with their hands, they can translate, they can write things down, well, it's and it's less language. awkward. It's the body language, yes. too. And analytical people or introverted people have a tendency to be better readers of people's body language because they had to develop that skill set because of the fact that they weren't naturally extroverted. Agreed. And a lot of uh, foreign people, because they might not have mastery of English and all the nuanced you know, ways to speak, they're going to be definitely more reliant, more successful when uh, reading people's body language. And it's an interesting yeah. little side note. I bet you For I just sure. read your mind. Yeah. They're actually worried about little kids going to school with masks mm -hmm. because especially like our daughter's age and a little bit older, they are still developing their little kid brains are still developing their ability to basically read facial expressions and develop that ability to read mm -hmm. people's body language. And if all of a sudden those little kids are, uh, you know, having to wear masks all the time, 
the you know the so- sociologists and even the, the physicians are worried yes. that those, that's going to be an undeveloped part of kids brains as they get older which will really put them at a disadvantage so you know again that sounds a little political but it's not no it's so just, mask, it's masking fact. kids who can't get covid in the, or can't get sick from covid is that really something necessary that's for you to decide but at the end of the day do understand if you are if your kid is going to a school that does require a mask make sure that mask comes off as sec- the second the kid leaves the school so they can develop that part of their brain yeah emotionally psychologically mentally all of that stuff is well it's important. the bill julie it's, it's yeah. the ability to read uh, facial expressions that's what i'm saying but right? that affects you in all these oh, different yeah. ways right well, right because if a kid can't if, if your kid gets older and they've never developed the ability to read those micro expressions that people have that your subconscious mind picks up on they're never really going to have the ability to connect with other people and they're going to think something's wrong with right them. and they probably won't even realize why yeah, exactly. You know, because it happened early on. Because I can of tell, masks. Because of masks. So I can tell you when I'm out in Puerto Rico and I have to speak Spanish, I do do massively better when I have that context of being in front of someone and I can see, oh, like, of course. Am, I, am I using the wrong words because their face looks funny, right? So if you feel better in, in person, that's okay. So just wanted to make sure that they knew that. All right, number nine, use your expert powers of observation for good. Be the person who notices your prospect's unusual Italian art collection, knows the name of the artist, and compliments it. Introverts are naturally studious, so become well-versed in subjects like architecture, interior design, beautifully worded home brochures, etc. So that's how you can still be your introverted dorky self and use it for good, right? Well, so you have to adjust accordingly to your market. But for example, yes. if you're here in, you know, basically semi-rural or really rural Murphy, North Carolina, mm-hmm. one of the things you'd want to maybe know, you'd want to know a lot more about nature. You want to know a lot more about plants. You'd want to know a lot more about the weather and things like that. I mean, mm-hmm. again, being able to have a nuanced, high-level conversation that uh, is in alignment with what those what your uh, prospects, your potential sellers, or even buyers are mm-hmm. interested in themselves. That's going to get you a long way down the field. That's right. So some suggestions: learn who the builders are, the names of the model homes, who were the founders of your town. Probably there's roads that are named after them. Know what's happening in local politics, development, real estate trends. Maybe be part of your historical society. That kind of thing. And there's a great book that uh, sounds really boring, but it's actually really interesting housing-wise that Bill Bryson wrote, and it's called A History of Domestic Life, which is a terrible title. But it's about things like, why are kitchens in the back of a house? Well, kitchens used to be detached from the house because they used to burn the house down. Little facts and tidbits that might come out that could be interesting to you and some of your prospects. So study stuff. You never know when you're going to need it. All right, next, point number 10. Befriend a total extrovert. Take them with you to social situations to help you get out and expand your center of influence. And they'll do all the work for you. This works brilliantly with the right person. They'll understand you and help you with the meeting and greeting so you don't have to think about it. And again, we talked about this a lot yesterday. Use your Ford script, Family Occupation Recreation Dreams, with new people once you've met. All right, point number 11. Understand that you are not a freak. Remember, this is for our introverted, dorky friends. (laughs) Okay, so many successful agents are introverts. You might be surprised when you meet them what they're really like. So listen to our previous um, podcast interviews, and you're going to see what we mean. I think, you know, we've talked about actors, but that's certainly true of your fellow real estate colleagues. Okay. I'm going kind of fast so we can. Well, but you know, that that last comment you made was kind of humorous. But at the same time, again, people that are introverts and analytical are, it's sort of like ingrained into the real estate culture to make those people feel almost like outcasts and they can't be successful. That's really true. And we spent a lot of time talking about this when we started this series. And it all basically is um, essentially manifested through a lot of bad training. 
um, like DISC personality styles and all that stuff. People who are essentially passing information along like it's science versus pseudoscience, what it really is. It can be and damaging, really. It, it totally can. I mean, we've, Julie and I have been at big conferences before, and, and we don't need to drill down on this because we did it last week mm -hmm. on Thursday, I think. Yeah. But we've been at conferences before where we'll walk into the back of the room and we'll, there'll be somebody up on stage that's supposedly some big, you know, DISC expert, and they're a doctor or whatever. They right. call themselves Dr. Bob Smith or whatever, you know. Well, it turns out Dr. Bob is basically a doctor, really, of history, and he just essentially picked up this DISC thing, and, and he realizes he can get corporate jobs teaching it. Mm -hmm. And then you sort of listen to him, and he sort of, you know, preaches and talks about how there's actual buckets and, you know, people, you're this or you're that or you're this or you're that. And then if you're not the this that supposedly is the most desirable personality style for the sake of being successful in real estate, then sub subconsciously and psychologically, you're going to start writing yourself off. And what we're here to tell you is that's absolute, complete, and total garbage. So and look, again, there is a place for DISC. Go back and listen to what we talked about last Thursday. But do understand it is no way the predeterminate for how successful you can be in real estate. And furthermore, if you're a... Um, a introverted analytical type person. It's easier for you to be successful consistently because you're going to have a tent. You can learn to be more extroverted. You can learn to be more demonstrative where, uh, and you can then, because of your nature, you're also going to learn to be more studied and more, um, naturally systematic. Exactly. So you're going to be more professional basically, whereas someone who's expressive, who's been relying on their personality their entire lives, they're going to be less likely to actually take the time to be more like you uh, because they're going to rely on their personality. So there is an advantage you have that it, I've never heard anyone other than us talk about, but mm -hmm. there is a huge advantage that if you are analytical, if you are an introvert, where you can essentially dominate your marketplace, and there's tons and tons of examples all over the real estate industry. But at the end of the day, it's going to be dependent on your uh, willingness to make yourself a little bit uncomfortable and your willingness to be introspective enough to see what your strengths and your uh, weaknesses are and then knowing and accepting the fact that you want to appeal to more people than the people that are just like you, right? And so you're going to have to learn how to study and then evolve and then become. And then again, this is what our coaching is all about, helping a lot of you guys come out of your shells a little bit. And remember, speaking of our coaching, if you want to join our premier coaching, uh, the easiest way for you to do that is just go over to timandjulieharris.com, click on coaching, click on premier, and you can join for around $100 a month. It's very, you know, it's an, frankly, it's a very elegant coaching system and it is a complete system. We're not just selling you a bunch of, you know, ideas. This is actual systems, actual checklists, things that have been proven and tested to work in all price ranges and all market conditions. Um, and all you've got to do is go over to timandjulieharris.com, click on coaching and click on premiere and you can learn about um, the coaching program. And again, you can join for around hundred dollars a month. The other thing is, is if you want to just get your, if you're just getting started learning more about the premiere coaching program and you're not quite ready to join that you can uh, just text the word success to 47372, text the word success to 47372, and then you can get started learning more about the coaching program. This is the perfect time to uh, become a member of our coaching program because this is headed into fourth quarter. September is the end of third quarter, then we're gonna have fourth quarter, and that is when, generally speaking, some of the best opportunities arise for agents who are learning to be listing agents. Why? Because there's gonna be a ton of expireds. A lot of the agents that would have you would have that you would have been competing with are no longer gonna be in the marketplace. Some of them take themselves out of the marketplace formally for the end of the year. Others do it informally just simply by not working. Uh, you know, and that's going to create expired. That's going to create an, a, essentially an opportunity in the marketplace that won't be there in the spring. 
So if you you know you've been waiting to become a, a many, many of you have been waiting to become listing agents. A lot of you already are. You've been waiting to become a listing agent, or if you're a listing agent, you've been waiting to become a dominant listing agent. Again, perfect time of year for you to really get your pre-listing pack together, your listing skills, learn how to be a proactive lead generator. This is your time if you make it your time. So do consider going over to timandjulieharris.com, clicking on coaching, joining Premier Coaching for around $100 a month. That's right. So point number 12 here is not just for introverts. I think this is a really good thing for everyone to do as you become more and more powerful listing agents. And that is to center yourself for 10 or 15 minutes prior to all appointments. Use a meditation you like or listen to a favorite playlist to refill your energy before you venture out to those appointments. Sit in your car before buyer and seller appointments and just breathe. You know, in the Harris Rules book, Tim, there's something called the pre-appointment, uh, the pre-listing appointment prayer. And that helps you get centered. It takes about, you know, less than five minutes to say, but it really, you know, it has things like, this is my next listing. It erases thoughts like, well, you know, we'll see how it goes. Well, you modeled it after the, um, the, the ri rifleman's prayer from the Marines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's where you got the concept. That's right. Where, you know, that you're, I don't have it in front of me. So <laughs> with I won't ask you to here. remember it, yeah. but, but basically the rifleman, um, you know, their weapon is pretty important. And so it's showing respect for what it does and what it's there for. Um, and you know, same thing for you prior to, to appointments. What is the point of you going? It's not just to get through it, right? Which if you're kind of a, a nervous type and you're not sure what you're doing, that's your prevailing thought is I just got to get through this, right? No, it's centering you. Why are you there? What will you accomplish? It builds your confidence. It gives you a system to, to follow. You remind yourself. I used to do this before music performances, right? Mm -hmm. That uh, assuming that you practiced, which in this case for real estate is assuming you sent your pre-listing package and you did your pre-qualification script, you really don't have anything to worry about because you actually are prepared. But just like prior to big concerts, I did have to remind myself, you know what? I actually practiced for this. I do know what I'm doing. I can handle this. I'm confident. I'm confident. I can, you know, I can pull this off. And I think that that really helps with all different personality styles to, you know, really center yourself and know what you're there to do. Well, in our book, Harris Rules, you actually created a list, a checklist mm -hmm. of things that people should do. Like I said, guys, everything that Julie and I do always comes down to a system because we're trying, we, we have created something that all of you can copy. We're leaving nothing to chance. And so these look like, this is coaching. This is the difference between coaching and training, right? So it's one thing to say, go to the listing appointment and do this. What we're doing is we're taking it, and this is, again, coaching versus training. We're taking it down to the granular. We want you to learn the specific micro steps that happen, not just with what you say and what you do, but how you think to the point where you can dominate when you go on listing appointments, because that is how you win in the real estate business long term. If you guys want to have stability, if you want to worry, or uh, I'm sorry, if you want to remove your worries about a you know, technology company somehow miraculously replacing real estate agents, if you want to make it so that you know you can have ever-increasing long-term levels of uh, you know success, the best way to do that is becoming a listing agent. A lot of the other things that have worked in the past market won't work as well or at all in the market that's becoming. And you guys are already experiencing that. So do take seriously the idea that your way forward, if you want to have more stability and cash flow, if you want to have more stability and frankly, the management of your time, the way to do that is to become a premier coaching member, learn how to be a proactive lead generator, and absolutely positively focus on building a very profitable business that's centered on listings. 
That's it. So point number 13, identify somebody you admire and adopt and adapt the traits that they have that you wish to add to your own personality. Now, again, that's not just for introverts, but my personal favorites are people like Audrey Hepburn, Helen Mirren, Audrey Toto. She's a French actress you guys probably don't know. Point is to create your own list. And this isn't just for women. Men can do this too. I've had a lot of guy coaching clients, especially the younger ones in their 20s who, you know, we do this thing in coaching where we send before and after pictures like Let's say you're going to a listing appointment this afternoon. What's your listing outfit? And sometimes it's great, but a lot of times, not so much. So we have them identify an actor that they would like to look like, sound like, you know, um, and emulate because that makes it easier if you have a picture in the back of your mind. Well, okay. So you got to be careful on that because a lot of the actors and people that people might want to emulate. Choose well. Yeah, choose well, right? <laughs> right? So here's here's the rule. Again, this is all in our book, Harris Rules, which you can get at any you know major bookseller or on Amazon. Um, it continues to be a bestseller, but the rule, generally speaking, around attire is dress essentially one level better than um, what your everyone prospect. else around you dresses like, yeah. and that includes your prospects, but that includes other agents. There's this, uh, there's a subconscious benefit th- that you have, not in just how you feel, but how you present, how you walk, how you talk when you dress essentially a step, a step above whatever, how everyone else is dressed, mm-hmm. and so that will make for some of you who think you like your egos are so wrapped up sometimes. And I want to have a business where I can just wear jeans and t-shirts and flip-flops all day. Well, what is that really telling your prospective marketplace when you're then competing against somebody who also is, you know, essentially in the marketplace has an equal uh, amount of appeal and experience, but they just dress a little bit nicer. So maybe they wear a blazer when they go on listing appointments. It's It's more respectful. Exactly. There is no matter how laid back your community is, there's an expectation that ex- experts and professionals present themselves in a certain way that always has been true and always will be true. Now, again, you might be in an area where it, if you showed up in a blazer or you showed up in something that was you know, along those lines too formal, at least that's the perception of it, you would look weird. I get that. But there are still you know, iterations of how There's to still standards. Of right, practice. exactly. So whatever the normal standard is in your marketplace, dress one notch above that. And you're going to find yourself having an unfair advantage in the uh, marketplace uh, to the point where, you know, essentially people will hire you sometimes just because, well, they'll often hire you when you follow the listing process, when you sent the pre-listing pack, when you pre-qualified, and then you show up. And again, we have an exact a checklist step-by-step of what you're supposed to be doing on listing appointments. And then when you are looking nice, you know, and again, you know, we can get into the nuanced things about what we're talking about as we're far as attire. We're going to do that tomorrow on the next two Oh, we're going to do, okay. Well, that's yeah, fun. Yeah, well, there's, because there's a lot of examples. I once had a coaching client who typically took darn close to 100% of her listings, okay? This is one of our Texas agents. And, you know, she said, I don't know what happened, but yesterday I had the worst appointment ever. And I was like, you? How do, that's, that's so unusual. What happened? And she said, you know, I've been thinking a lot about it, and I think I just had the wrong outfit on. Yeah, probably. And I said, tell me about that. And she said, you know, when I left in the morning, I thought I was going to be just like yesterday. It was nice and like 75 degrees out, so I wore kind of a heavier, um, you know, skirt suit. And she said, by the time I got to the appointment, I was sweating my butt off. I couldn't, like, take anything off to be more comfortable without looking like I was, you know, downplaying. So sometimes it's just having certain things set in place that give you confidence where you're not going to be stuck squirming and making yourself feel uncomfortable. These things matter. I mean, it, it can come down to, you know, I'll, we'll talk more about that tomorrow because this is a section in the Harris Rules book as well, how to upgrade everything. 
and that's kind of fun to talk about. Well, I mean, in this day and age, we're essentially a virtual real estate. Real estate we were just talking about Lance and Karen uh, Kenmore's mm-hmm. office. You don't need an office anymore. You you know, virtual real estate is here to stay. Exp Realty is going to. You can see what the other brokerages and the other big brands and franchises are doing to to essentially try to compete with Exp. They're all doing trying to figure out ways without essentially you know. Uh, offering revenue share or equity in the company there, but they're trying to essentially realize and match the market to the fact that the market doesn't really care about real estate offices. Uh, so if you don't have a fancy real estate office anymore, if real estate offices that are in the center of town that have these big flashy, this is the other things, if those are going to go the way of the dodo bird, that means you're going to have to essentially replace or so there's a thing called moments of truth, right? A moment of truth is when someone comes in contact with you. That could be how you answer the phone. That could be how you look. That could be your car. That could be your sign. So if you, and again, we're going to talk about this tomorrow, but if you write down all the moments of truth, all the places where you touch the marketplace, where you touch potential customers, you got to go through that. You, so, you know, you think you've got an assistant that answers the phone right away. Hmm. I want you to call in on a phone number that they don't recognize and see how frequently that goes to voicemail. I want you to, if you have a team or a brokerage, I want you to email in using a, you know, fake email and find out what the, the consumer's actual experience is. In many cases, you're going to be shocked. And the, usually it's going to happen around the lack of follow-up. Most cases that brokerages never answer the phone, agents never answer the phone. So guys, if you're competitive, if you want to succeed, if you want to succeed at an incredibly high level, you do the opposite of what everyone else is doing. So if you see everyone else as being a lackadaisical with their moments of truth, you really drill down on that and you take it to the next level. And tomorrow we're going to talk about, you know, how you look really. Because that really is the first moment of truth for many of you. It's no longer walking into your real estate office. It's you walking into their house or you meeting them at Starbucks or whatever. How you look, how you present, you know, how you smell, how your hair looks, and all those And how you follow things. through, that's for sure. You know, how do agents get fired? They usually over-promise and under-deliver. So on all of those moments of truth, your goal is to under-promise and over-deliver. If it's going to take three days to get a sign in the yard, tell them it's going to take five. That way, when it's there on day two, they're thrilled with you. Exactly. There are things that you can plan out to make sure that you shine and that that seller, when they have a bad day at work, doesn't target you to fire because you're an easy target because you screwed something up. Exactly. And again, all of these things, when we're talking about, when you listen to Julie and I, we're, we, obviously we're real estate coaches, but what we're doing is we're coaching you to realize it's the tiny, tiny little, once you get the overarching uh, Harris uh, coaching system down, once you've got the pre-listing pack and all the rest of it, the next level or the things you should be working on simultaneously is those tiny little nuanced differences. It's a difference between, I mean, it's a difference between everything. It, 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 you can go and look at a Toyota Camry today and it does everything that say, for example, you know, whatever fancy Bentley does, they do basically the same thing, but the list of differences are extraordinary. Now, they both can drive you from one end of the country to the next. And truthfully, they both pretty much have a lot of the same safety equipment on them anymore. But the, and, and, you know, maybe the Bentley has a more prestigious brand and obviously than maybe a Camry or a Toyota. But the reality of it is, is the no, nuanced differences, just the tiny little places where you know, little micro, you know, in uh, technology, they call them little Easter eggs, right? You know, so where you put your hand in the car, where you, what you touch, how things, you know, in, how different, how different materials interact. Yeah. Well, those are the tiny little nuanced approaches that you need to be considering when someone does business with you. And again, it's all subconscious. And so if you're, if they're coming in contact with you and they're experiencing all these little things that are un, almost undefinable, but they're just a little bit nicer than all mm-hmm. your competitors, there's a, there's momentum that gets built behind that and all those little little tiny nuanced things that you did they start to accumulate and they you start to be build this 
essentially this aura about you. And we talked about that on the previous three podcasts where it's all essentially then you learning how to, you know, follow essentially communication outlines and like talking about Ford and, you know, learning how to ask questions. All of these things together are the reason why you got a Frederick Eklund. All of these things together are the reason why you got a Rob Johnson. All of these things together are the reason you have like a Jade Mills. All these people who are our past superstars and our, our coaching mm -hmm. clients, right? That's the way that they've actually went from being a good practitioner to actually combining the art and the science of being a masterful salesperson. And that's what coaching is all about. And think about the confidence that you get as a result. Oh, the totally. way you look at your business changes when you know that you've got all of those things going on. Well, let's just be honest, Julie. When you're winning and you're winning a lot, what do you want more than anything else is more <laughs> winning. More, sure. Right, exactly. Yeah, because so, it feels good and because you become better and better at it. Exactly. So that's at the end of the day what coaching is all about. We would sincerely appreciate you guys um, really taking a hard look at your businesses where they are at this time of the year. All of you, I think, will agree that you've had a lot of really amazing opportunity and some of you have had some setbacks. And how do you want your next six or 12 months to be in your real estate business? How do you want it to be so that you are looking back at you know the present version of you and you're saying, you know, thank you. Uh, you know, so six months from now, right? It's two months after Christmas or one month after Christmas, basically. And you're looking into the new year. What is it that you want to be looking forward to? What is it that you want to have already accomplished? Chances are you want to know how to list houses. Chances are you want to have some listings. Chances are you want to have your pre-listing pack done. Chances are you want to have your listing presentation done. Chances are you want to already have a huge headway on the new year. That starts now. You're 2022. Believe it or not, I know it's kind of hard to think about, but it's already started. So what are you doing to essentially match the market? Or are you going to basically be in fear and panic mode at the start of next year trying to catch up to the market gyrations that are inevitable? Guys, there are going to be more market gyrations. There's going to be more craziness that happens in the marketplace. There's going to be more all of the things that sometimes emotionally uh, derail folks, not you. You've got to be strong. And that strength comes from knowing that no matter what direction the market goes, no matter what the problem or the challenge that that seller or that buyer might present with, you know how to solve their problem. That's being a true professional. That's how you win consistently. That's the reason you become a Harris Coaching client. So just go over to timandjulieharris.com, click on Coaching, click on Premier Coaching, and we're going to pick up where we left off today, tomorrow. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day, and we'll talk with you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.